Welcome to the Abundant Leaders Podcast. I'm Tenji, your host, a certified executive coach and leadership developer with more than a decade of experience advising executives, managers, and companies on how to perform at their peak and find deeper alignment and fulfillment. My dream is for all of us to live in the truth and fullness of who we are so that we can have the biggest lives and most fulfilling careers that are possible for us. It is all possible for us. Together, let us lead ourselves, our people, and our organizations with confidence, courage, and wisdom. This is our time to heal and expand, to thrive, and to lead abundantly. Hi, welcome to today's episode, and... Today is not an easy topic because it's something that we often really try and avoid. I spent my whole life actually running away from this. I'm going to be very honest with you. And um, suddenly, as happens with life, I was deeply confronted in an absolutely unavoidable way uh, with my limitations. And you know, I want us to really talk today about... I want to share my experience and what I've learned and experienced as a result of having no choice but to accept a big limitation that came into my life. And because of it, I've been ruminating on what it actually means for us as people and as leaders. What I now know to be true is that there are just limits. There are limits to who we are and what we can become as people, what we can overcome, achieve, grow into, be, have, that's just reality, right? Reality is that there are confines. Any container has limits. But it's not very sexy to say this because we grow up and we live and move in a limitless culture. There's this perspective, if you look at like... um, a lot of performance coaches, if you look at the law of attraction, if you look at a lot of religions, Christianity, which is what I grew up in, talks about a limitless God, right? Nothing will be impossible for you, the Bible always says. Um, With Christ, all things are possible, the Bible says. And I'm not getting into a religious debate here, right? But something I've had to confront is that There are limits to the human experience because we are human beings in physical forms that incarnate in finite bodies. There's a limit to how long you live in a a physical body. Time limits everything, right? We're, We're confronted and faced with limitations all the time, but we can often actually live in denial of them. I certainly did for a big part of my life because I really wanted to believe that I could have more than what I had. It was such a huge fuel for my growth flame, right? And it made me, it is what made me so ambitious and believe honestly that I could have anything that I put my mind to. My mom raised me with that, right? You hear me talking about some of these things because they're they're such salient aspects of who I am, like the way my mom raised me and seeing what my dad was able to overcome and become despite his background. And I have countless examples of people who've overcome crazy and ridiculous odds to get to where they are. And I really love that, right? But it's also important when we celebrate big achievements to acknowledge where those achievements stop and the limitations of them, right? Because if we don't, we can push ourselves into really scary and unproductive spaces like burnout, like um, laboring a point that isn't moving, like living in denial or a false reality because we just will not accept that this thing we're trying to do is just not going to happen and is not going to work out, right? Refusing to accept a sunk cost when everything we have done to try create an outcome for ourselves just doesn't work out. Whether this is in business as an entrepreneur, right, when we're running a business way past its its lifetime 
or its lifespan and it's clearly just not going to work out we run out of working capital right but now we start taking on debts now we start um, remortgaging our houses and doing things that we maybe should not do because we refuse to accept that our business has failed and we've reached a limitation of what was possible for that with projects right where we over invest or um, we put resources behind a dead horse um, or when we stick to an idea or a belief that we have about what is the real problem um, in a situation we're facing at work and start refusing the reality of what data is actually telling us and what other people around us, sometimes people on our team, sometimes people in other teams are trying to convince us of. We, we do this in our own personal lives, right? When we start trying to have lives that are not our lives to have, like, I'm sorry, this may, this may be very, very, it is very controversial and probably confronting for some of you because it was very confronting for me when I had to accept this, that there is a life that isn't mine to have. I don't have, I don't have the life that I thought that I would have. And I've had to really sit down and like, let that sink into my bones and let it be true that I don't have that life so that I can actually have the life I have, right? Because the, the danger of not accepting reality is that you actually lose more, right? You think you're losing out on a hypothetical outcome that you believed would bring you hypothetical joy and peace and abundance and fulfillment, etc., right? And that's why you're clinging to a thing. But by doing that, clinging to an idea or a desire, but by doing that, you're rejecting the reality of what is and the very real joy and truth and fulfillment and peace that it would give you if you accepted that thing right and or, or that reality and so the biggest invitation that I am finding as I grow is that the gift of life is what life is not what life could be and if we're able to live in the truth uh, of the limited nature of what that is and what that means, then we can actually have more. Then we can lean in to, to what is present. And so in this podcast, in this podcast episode, I'd like to share a few things, 10 things that I have discovered are the gifts of accepting limitation. But before I do that, let me tell you, you know, what brought me to this wisdom? Because let me tell you for free, I was not on this wisdom train. I absolutely was not. I was chasing an airplane in the sky from the ground. I was never going to catch that thing, right? So uh, last year, around this time, I was diagnosed with endometriosis. I went into hospital for emergency surgery and came out of surgery, quote unquote, everything went well, but failed to understand that endometriosis is actually a chronic condition that you have for life. There's no cure. And that means that the only path forward to with this condition is to learn how to live with it and how to manage your triggers and the symptoms of endo so that you can have the best, the most comfortable life that you can given the limitations that the disease brings to your life. I didn't understand this when I came out of surgery because my doctors didn't tell me this. Um, the doctors just said, oh, we took out the, endometrio the endometrial lesion that you had and you should be fine for the next five years. Um, goodbye, live, live your best life. So I was like, yes. Yeah, I came home, I leaned into recovery. And then, you know, after the six weeks, I, you know, started attempting to exercise again and felt myself, quote unquote, getting stronger, trying to build up my strength, etc. And then I fell into what I now understand. It was an endometriosis flare and was bedridden again and was so confused because I'm supposed to be getting better went to the doctors asking them what's going on and they're like no we don't understand everything looks clear you're all good and there was no explanation that Missy you have a chronic illness <laughs> there's no cure for endo and this is this is a normal thing that can happen with endometriosis if you are in a, if you've been triggered, because my doctors didn't understand this, I had to go do my own research. Long story short, after all the research, I start understanding, right, that it, what endometriosis is. And I mean, endometriosis is a condition where your endometrial cells, um, the cells that are in the lining of your uterus, 
are growing in other parts of your body where they're not supposed to be and they swell with your period, swell up with blood and shed with your period. And they create these foreign bodies, the blood droplets, the cells in places they don't belong. And so your body creates an autoimmune response to them and starts attacking the cells and the debris that the the blood that is trapped produces creates adhesions. It creates a highly inflammatory environment within you. It affects your immune system, your nervous system, your digestive system. Like so many systems are, are then really impacted because of the the inflammatory and immune system and nervous system um, complications that are caused by this condition. And because there's no cure for the, the fact that your body is producing these endometrial cells where they don't belong, you have to live with it, right? So a big thing that I had to do, first, I had to like really, really grieve the loss of the life that I had before and what I thought life was going to be. And then I really had to understand what the illness was and how it would now limit my life. And from August last year, which is when I went into that flare I told you about, to now, which is now April, is when I'm recording this. This might publish in May. But now in April, the months in between have been spent learning what this disease means for me, how it plays out in my body. It limits my mobility. It limits my, it, it limits how I can, it limits my energy profile. And so I have to aggressively manage my energy, manage what I eat, manage the triggers of flare ups, which are basically in a nutshell, reducing stress and inflammation. (laughs) And so that means I can't overexert my body. I have to really eat mindfully. There's a lot of things I've eliminated out of my diet because they are inflammatory, things like sugar, excessive alcohol, for example, Um, certain exercise regimes that I just can't do because they are too active and put too much strain on my system, etc. right? We're not going through an endometriosis treatment protocol, but I'm painting a picture of what my lived experience is like. I have to sleep early. I have to um, really integrate mindfulness practices into my life so that I avoid stress and fear and anxiety and all these things that create an inflammatory environment in my body because that will send me into a trigger. Now, did I want to do this? Absolutely fucking not. Why? Because I'm a badass superwoman who can do anything, right? If you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you're probably already getting a sense of my mindset, right? I'm this high achieving, go getting anything is possible for me. That is how I lived my whole life. That was my profile. I chased high profile careers, high performance organizations. I was always pushing stretch goals, big dreams, and it made my life feel very meaningful and made it made my life feel like the kind of life that was worth living and then suddenly i am diagnosed with a lifelong condition that is literally going to limit me what the fuck it's not fair i really hated it so i had a whole and we're not going to go into the existential crisis that arose as a result of this diagnosis, because it affected many aspects of me, my identity, my work operating model, uh, my relational model. I used to always be taking mad initiative in hanging out with friends, doing lots of stuff, travel, blah, blah, blah. And now I have to be a lot more creative about how I, I spend time and have fun and all of this stuff, right? But ultimately, The bottom line is I had to accept that having a chronic illness is going to limit me for the rest of my life. There are other women out there who have very different outcomes, right? There are women who've chosen treatment protocols that I haven't chosen that are bringing them relief right now. And I love that for them, right? Um, But that hasn't been my reality. And I've made certain choices because I am pursuing long-term well-being versus short-term band-aids and I 
anyone who's listening to this who has a chronic illness who relies on Western medicine and medication and aggressive treatments, I'm not in judgment of you because all, I have to say that as a disclaimer, because all medical conditions play out differently in every person's body. And I will never come to someone and say, don't do what you need to do so that you have comfort and the ability to operate in your life, right? Um, I'm talking about my personal approach, my philosophy, and why I decided to do things my way. And this way for me, because so many systems within me and I have so many imbalances at play, I have to be very delicate and gentle with my treatment protocol. And so it has limited me. But what is amazing about it is that it's also brought richness into my life because I am more in tune with my body than I've ever been. I have deeper and richer interactions with my friends because I'm so mindful of who I spend time with and how I spend time with them because I have limited capacity. I'm also really thoughtful about the clients that I take on, the type of work that I do, the way I serve my clients, right? Like what is my delivery model and what is the most flow-filled way of serving my clients? What is the MVP that is going to bring them the biggest impact? I become very, very 80-20 and all of these things are playing out, not just in my personal life, but also in my professional life. And as a result, I've actually found that I'm enjoying my work more because I'm also eliminating low value, high intensity um, tasks that actually take away from what really drives value in my business, which is my client service, right? Which is producing things like this podcast that is bringing wisdom and insight to people, right? And so these are some of the gifts in general that being diagnosed with endo has brought to me. And that is what has led me to the 10 things, right? That are the gifts of accepting your limitations if you are brave enough to do so. So number one, accepting your limitations makes you resourceful and creative. Because you have a finite amount of energy, time, um, and there is a natural cap to what is possible, you end up having to be really resourceful about how you're gonna get what you need, right? Instead of taking 10 steps to get to the prize, you're gonna take five steps and you're gonna figure out the most efficient and effective way to get to the prize. Before you could languish a lot more, now you have to be very efficient and effective, right? Because you have a limitation, you have to be more resourceful about how you're gonna get what you need. So you have to start diversifying your sources of input and insight, um, your raw materials, your resources, because you can no longer rely on the traditional resource that you had. In my example, I used to rely fully on my executing power, but now as my business is starting to you know, grow and what the biggest thing that I want to do next is like bring deep leverage into the way I work. I've already done it with technology and it is really having a return for me, but I've also changed my client mix because I have to be more resourceful about how I get more money with less time, right? <laughs> the kind of products that I'm putting out, you're going to see with time, uh, you know, I started with one digital digital course um, and I'm hoping over time that I'm going to release more who knows we'll see but that is one of the things that I'm playing around with in my mind and I'm starting to think about a more leveraged business model right so that I can still make money with less time investment this is resourcefulness and creativity the second thing that it brings is it really helps you niche right because you have um, a limit to how much you can do and what is possible for you, you decide, okay, what is the one thing that I'm going to focus on? What is the true, the true thing that I'm really trying to do here? You stop boiling the ocean and trying to have a broad brush stroke sweep across everything. And you say, what's that one thing that I want to impact, right? And so if it's in your personal development, instead of having five developmental goals, you say, what is the one thing that I can focus on now that is really going to bring me value? Because I have limited time, attention, motivation, resourcefulness to be able to 
direct towards my professional development. So you pick the one thing, right? And then you focus on the one thing and you drive it and you bring all your resources to it because that's going to help you have impact. When you start understanding that um, in your role, as a leader or in your role in your company, there are so many activities that you could do, but you've got limited time, right? And you're a limited person because you want to be able to also have your own personal interests, your goals, spend time with your family, etc. You start saying, how do I scope down my role into the most critical tasks and motivate for additional resources or automation or a shift in the service um the SLA, right, the the service level agreement that we have with other BUs, if let's say you're in an enabling function, so that we're providing with them what they absolutely need in order to do their work versus the all the nice-to-haves and the Rolls-Royce, right? So it really helps you to niche. And when you niche, you're more powerful. Think about it as the ray of the sun. Um, when a ray of the sun passes through a window pane at a certain angle, um, it concentrates the light and it can even burn through furniture. That's the power of niching. From being broad to being so specific, you're deeply, deeply more powerful. The next thing that I've seen, number three, is accepting your limitations brings peace. Like if you're able to work through the internal resistance that we all have to this this reality, right? The resistance we have to being limited beings, we can start having peace in, okay, all right, so there's things I'm not going to be able to do. And there's only things that I can do. Now I don't have the pressure to overperform or to make um, cake out of air. Like so many of my clients and me myself, when I was working in corporate, experienced, you know, line managers, clients, trying to make something out of nothing. Like, I want this beautiful product, but I'm only paying you five bucks. Sorry, honey. (laughs) You're just not going to get that, right? And when you're able to accept the limitations of what $5 can create, you will have the conversations with your clients that can manage their expectations and bring them online and into alignment with what the $5 can bring them and how that is enough for what they're truly trying to solve for. And then you can produce $5 of work knowing it's enough and rest easy at the end of the day because you know you've done what was needed. Why? Because you know that when you accept your limitations, you start putting in enablers that will protect your peace and protect the acceptance you have and help other people come into acceptance with you, right? Because some of the things that create so much stress for us in our jobs is people not accepting the very real limitations of what our functions can do, our our skills and capability levels within our team, our um, limited resources that are available, the limited amount of time to deliver on a project, the limited attention span and scope that an individual has to focus on multiple things at the same time. So it forces aggressive prioritization. And when you do that, when you help other people to do that, they peacefully let go of the thing they wish they could have had and stand in the stillness of the thing they actually have. Right. And that brings peace. And from peace comes abundance because then you can flow naturally in the, in fullness and in, your talents, you're not stressed and a, a, a anxious, <laughs> highly activated nervous system struggles to problem solve, struggles to be resist, resilient, struggles to be agile and adapt to new information and different tasks that come its way because it doesn't feel because it feels limited and constrained. When it feels free and open and abundant, it becomes more fluid, more willing to take take risks, more able to flow. That is the power of peace. So this one cannot be understated. Number four, it brings you more ease, right? Because when you're now living in your limitations, you're not trying to push against the resistance of your limitation. You're letting that go and you're accepting it, right? I want you to think about um, when, oh, I have a great example. Okay. Think about when you are, your hands have oil on them, right? And you're trying to grip a pole, 
I don't know why in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, the visual that has come is a pole dancer trying to pole dance with oil on her hands. Okay, I just want you to think about oily hands trying to grip a pole and hold on for dear life, right? Your hands are limited in how much they can grip and hold on to because of the oil that is present. The best thing for you to do in that situation is to let go of the pole and stay on the ground, right? Stay on the ground and do things on the ground that can work with the state of oiliness of your hands. Think about how much pressure, force, exertion, embarrassment, intensity that you will experience and work against to try and hold on to your grip on the pole, right? The tension in your muscles, the stress in your mind, the fear of falling, all of that stuff is so difficult and so stressful and you will fail, right? But if you let go of trying to hold on to the pole and you accept that you're limited because your hands have oil on them, then you can actually stay on the ground, right? And you can now move with ease because on the ground, you're not trying to keep yourself vertical, right? You're horizontal, so you can move, you can flow, you can slide, you can run your hands over your body, whatever it is that you're doing, right? And all of a sudden, your dance becomes easy. It, you can now be creative. You can now really be yourself and embody yourself because you have more ease and less resistance, right? The elimination of resistance is powerful because resistance creates energy leakage for our brains, our nervous systems, our bodies. It creates stress. And for you as a leader, the biggest thing that you're trying to do is help yourself to bring your best self to work so that you can bring the best and fullness of your talents, your mind's ability to solve problems and see opportunities, to navigate difficult conversations and tensions and stress, to bring about the best outcome for whatever it is you're trying to deliver. If you are trying to operate in an environment where there's a lot of resistance, it takes away from your mental resources and your capacity to bring the fullness of yourself to the table, right? So accept the limitation and move away from it so that you can have less resistance. The next thing that's opened up for us, number five, is an increase of self-love that spills over into self-care. On a personal level, right, um, learning that I, learning that I'm not able to do as much in a day as I used to has made me become so soft and gentle with myself because I can see how stressful it is for the cells of my body to be constantly fighting their internal battle. Because I honor and accept and can see the limitations within me, I have approached myself with so much more empathy and um, understanding and an environment of love, right? I'm like, oh, okay, if that's, if that's all you are, right? I'm going to love you as you are. So it's given me a bigger, more accepting love of myself than I had before. Because the truth is, guys, the way I was living, right, where I was, you know, reaching out for things I really wanted, not always getting them, then being upset, angry, hurt, disappointed at myself that I didn't achieve these things that I wanted to achieve because guess what society the religion I believed in had told me that I'm supposed to be limitless and if I'm not having limitless outcomes something is wrong with me and so I lived in a lot of self-rejection right what's wrong with you if you had done this better you would have had this limitless outcome you know I was rejecting a lot of my imperfections because I felt like they were sabotaging the limitless life that I could have. And I kept trying to change myself so that I could have this bigger life. And that was really, really hard on my sense of self-worth and self-esteem. And what accepting the very real limitations of my body has done is it's given me more grace towards myself and said, even though body, you can't do the things you used to do and I miss exercising and I wish I could again, I accept that you're not exercising, not because you don't give a fuck about exercising, you don't give a fuck about me and how strong I want to feel, but because you actually just can't. And so I 
empathize, have compassion for you, and I'm going to draw you into my arms and into the fold of belonging and worthiness that is within my heart, and I'm going to tell you you're enough for me even if you can't exercise. That's the power of accepting your limitation, is that you're now able to integrate the parts of yourself that have always felt like they place your dreams and your goals at risk. That's really, really deep. (laughs) It's been really hard for me. This didn't happen for me overnight. It's actually taken many, many months, I would say. (laughs) At least from August to like January, I was really, really grappling with this because I, I, I knew that if I rejected that my body couldn't exercise and I tried to push my body into exercise, I was going to make myself sicker. And so I had to choose. Do I choose the well-being or the wellness that my body is able to do? Or do I choose my ego and my fear of mediocrity and pay the cost of not being able to get out of bed for weeks? Because that's how bad endo can get, right? So I want you to make this real for yourself. What is it costing you in self-acceptance that you're not accepting your limitations? When you're able to do more of this, you're able to actually give yourself more self-care, right? And actually enable yourself to be well and to do the best you can. Because now you know what your limitations are and you're no longer fighting against the parts of yourself that are limited. What you're then able to do is to draw in and create a supportive environment, excuse me, to create a supportive environment for the reality of who you are, right? And when you're now creating that supportive environment, that is the job of self-care, right? Self-care then lets you enable yourself. So if you know that you're someone who quite honestly is just terrible at the numbers, right? Maybe what you're going to do is you're going to get someone on your team who's going to be really strong at the analytics, or you're going to collaborate with someone on another team, or you're going to outsource that work to an external organization and tell them to give you just the insights because you're a powerhouse at interpreting data, but you're terrible at analyzing the data. You'll let yourself use the time that the other person has now taken off your hands or give gifted to you, right, by taking the work off your hands and outsourcing this task, you'll use that time to actually nurture your skills and your strengths, to deepen what you're good at, to go home early and get an early night so that tomorrow you can look at this data with fresh eyes, right? It enables you to love yourself and care for yourself where you're at so that the things you have can be taken care of. And you're also because you're mindful that, oh, wait, you know, I have a broken leg here. You're going to dress the broken leg because now you're letting the leg be broken instead of rejecting that the leg is broken. You're going to put the leg in a cast. You're going to raise it and elevate it. You're going to maybe take it out. of When it comes out of the cast, you're going to go to rehab. Maybe you're going to massage it. Maybe you're going to do all these things that now help the leg to have the best experience it can given the reality of the limitations that are present, right? Number six, it makes you more deliberate. When you accept your limitations, you have to be so mindful about where you allocate your time. And this forces aggressive prioritization, right? Where are you going to allocate your dreaming, right? Your motivation, the energy that you have available to make things happen. You're not going to, you're going to stop allocating energy towards tasks that will not be fruitful because there is a very real limitation there. And you're going to start allocating it towards things that will be fruitful. If you're an organization, let's say you are um, a, uh-huh. let's say you're a company that is excellent at producing skincare products, Right. And you start wanting to capture more of the value chain returns and you say, okay, I'm going to, you know, forwards integrate and I'm going to open a little boutique retail store, but you're shit at retail. The customer experience is horrible. You're never really fully in stock. You're you're not marketing yourself well enough. You don't have enough money to invest in the kind of store footprint that you need so that people can have that wonderful, rich experience that you're trying to bring people. So you can't push enough volumes through your own owned channels. 
the best thing you can do is actually pull back from having opened this new store and go into a manufact deep in a manufacturing model and distribute it across all the retailers. So instead, your strategy will be trying to get a presence with existing retailers and maybe creating store and stores in existing retailers or playing around with the display experience or store experience that is created by those retailers, going to the retailers that have the widest footprint, etc. right? It's a very basic example. But what it does is that it forces you to be very 80-20. Where am I going to get the biggest bang for my buck given what I'm good at, given what I'm capable of, right? What does this mean for you as a leader? Where your skills are um, better served in um, an area that you've underinvested in because you've been trying to push your weight in an area that looks sexier, but you don't have strength in. Let go. Let go of the thing you don't have a strength in. Go back to the capability that you are really strong in and build and sharpen your career around that thing you're really strong at. Because that is what's going to differentiate you. That's what's going to make you money. That So that level of focus is going to bring up better reward for you, right? And it makes you then prioritize. So you start saying, okay, I could either... Um, sticking with the skincare product line example, I could either um, create a deepen my range of products, or I could try get this retail product, you know, retail presence. While maybe having a deeper range, which is going to help me serve more of the market, is going to be more beneficial for me, right? Than the alternative. So that's making you prioritize your limited time resources and capabilities to where you're going to have the biggest bang for your buck and the ability to be considered as a leader is king right you're going to have 10 projects coming your way if you start accepting your team's limitations you're going to start bravely saying no to the projects that aren't right for your team so that you can focus on the projects that your team can execute really well and that you know are going to drive ultimately what your kpi is Next piece is it helps you to really live within the truth. This is number seven. When you live in the truth of what is and you're able to really bravely accept reality, you guys, it is a powerful thing because the whole point of life is to be in life, not to be in our heads, not to be in our fantasies, not to be in our dreams, not to live in anticipation of tomorrow or regret of yesterday. It is to live in the absolute still um, aggressive, sometimes violent truth of the present. Because often, guys, a lot of us are, are trying to escape reality. And we're using our dreams, being ambitious, chasing the next thing as a way of escaping the boredom we feel in the life we have right now right? We're escaping being still and present with ourselves. We might be trying to escape the sadness we feel at a bad choice we made yesterday. So we're escaping that bad choice by trying to reach for the next thing, right? And accepting your limitations and the reality of what is grounds you so, so deeply into the present. Because the reality is, guys, nothing else is real. This is what Indo really taught me, was that my past level of strength, agility, activity, etc., no longer existed. And it was not something that I was capable of, of getting back to. It was no longer real, right? The resonance, the emotional attachment I have to it, the memories I have of what it felt like to be strong and cut and you know looking the way I looked that still felt very real for me but I had to remember it's a memory it's nostalgia the reality is right now I'm not strong I'm not fit right but I'm healthy I'm getting healthier I'm here in this moment and really really sitting in the truth of who we are is very very hard it's so hard I've struggled with it I still struggle with it I'm on a journey on this one right but this level of clarity calm courage strength that the ability to sit in the stillness the brutal stillness of reality 
brings you is unquantifiable. That's all I can say on that one. Number eight, it is an amazing cure for fear because actually one of the biggest fears we have is that we're limited, (laughs) that the things we want, we can't have. We're so afraid of that. Accepting, accepting that is exactly the antidote to that fear because now your worst your your worst case scenario, your worst nightmare has happened. And now you've accepted, oh my God, okay, I'm limited. Like I can't have that thing. I may not have that thing that I thought I wanted. All right, so how do I live in the truth of what I have? Okay, so now the fear, the the heart beating in my chest, because I faced this, right? Like I had these dreams of the kind of career I wanted to build. I wanted to go be some hotshot CEO. And although in other podcasts, what gives me meaning has shifted. Some of the things I want, I still want, right? I just want them in a different way and in a different balance with the rest of my life. But I still wanted those things. I had to do another round of letting go of those dreams. And that was my biggest fear is therefore who will I be if I don't have this strength, if I don't have this capability in my body? Who am I if I'm not strong Tenji? Who am I if I'm not CEO Tenji or CHRO Tenji? Right? Who am I if I'm not big, hotshot, traveling the globe leader? Because guess what? I'm not going to be a person who's going to be able to do massive amounts of travel because of what travel does to my body. Okay, so fuck. I was afraid that I wouldn't be anything, that I wouldn't be worthy, that my life wouldn't be exciting, that I would be boring, that everything I'd worked so hard for would not be, would not materialize. If I accepted, I was very, very, very afraid of loss. And accepting the limitation made me bear the loss, right? So a lot of what we're doing is we're avoiding bearing the loss, right? Taking the L. (laughs) I just took the L, right? And when you take the L, suddenly this big thing that's been hanging over your head your whole life (sighs) dissipates. You have to do the work to invite the owl in, right? Invite the fear in to say, fear, you can enter my body and I'm going to live you and feel you. Worst outcome, I'm going to let myself live you and let you permeate my bones, my muscles, my psyche. I'm going to let you be experienced by me. I'm going to let myself experience the full extent of this crazy, impossible loss of what I thought could be possible if I didn't have this limitation. And now that I've lived it, I don't have to be afraid of it anymore. It's no longer hanging over me. It's it's no longer holding me ransom. I can release it and I'll lean into what I do have. Guys, like as leaders in our careers, the fear of what we will not become, the fear of what our career is versus what we wished it had been, the fear of not being regarded in the way we wanted to be regarded, the fear of accepting the limitations of who we are and how they're impacting us as a company, us as leaders, is holding us back. Let us be brave. Number nine, (laughs) accepting limitation helps you perform better. I think from everything that you've heard above, right, you can see how aggressive focus, you know, clarity of thought, um, calm, peacefulness, resourcefulness, all these things, they make you perform better. So lean into it, guys, because once you do this, you'll be Miss Real Talk, right? You'll be the one who actually sets realistic goals and then meets those amazing goals and does it in a way that's efficient, productive, and leverages what the organization already is versus tries to change it into things that it cannot be, right? You'll be more cost-effective because you're not trying to overinvest in things your organization cannot do. You're not trying, you're not leaking money because you're having to redo things because mistakes have been made and the wrong thing has been done, or you've launched things that your organization doesn't have the processes and systems and structures in place to support you're going to be a better leader if you actually lead from integrating the the limitations of your organization instead of trying to pretend that they don't exist.
right? You're going to set such realistic, amazing goals. And number 10 is it's going to make you more trustworthy. Woo! When you can accept your limitations, you start being a mother of real talk, right? You are going to tell people what is and what is not, what is possible, what is not possible, what you can commit to, what you cannot commit to, what you will put your neck behind or stick your neck out for and what you will not stick your neck out for because you do or do not believe in this thing, right? You're going to be so practical and pragmatic that people will trust your wisdom and insight and will know that from her, I'm going to get the real deal. So more people are going to trust you at work. More people are going to want to follow you and more people are going to be willing to align with you and to grow their careers with you. Because guess what? When you start bringing people in your team and knowing what they're good at and where they're limited, you're going to push them into the type of work, or I shouldn't say push them, but you're going to um, allocate them or direct them towards the type of work that is going to be most beneficial for them, right? That's going to leverage their strengths instead of being in denial of their weaknesses. You yourself are going to only bring out the high value projects that your teams can execute. So people are going to feel safer on your teams because they know you're not going to hang them out to dry on like pipe dream projects that are not going to be um, successful, right? So accepting limitation and working with it is going to make you so wise, resourceful, astute, and dynamic as a leader. And people are drawn to that energy. Lean into it. Okay, those were the 10 things. I'm going to very quickly go through the three things that make it harder. It's actually four things, I would say, that actually make it hard for us to do this, to lean into our limitations. One is limitless culture, right? We grow up in a society, religion, everything I said at the beginning that says you can do anything and be anything you want to be. And we have all these biographies of people who overcame insurmountable odds. And so there's a shame that society brings us and that we carry if we actually start saying, but I don't believe that life is limitless. Then it's like, what's wrong with you? Are, are you? Do you lack ambition? Are you weak? Do you just not believe that you can do anything? Oh, shame. That means you're not an alpha, you're a beta or gamma, right? And, and we internalize that shame. And we say that it says, we say that external limitations that have nothing to do with us are our fault. And we internalize those limitations when actually, because shame is there's something wrong with me, no, there's just a limitation limitation outside of me. There's a limitation in the way I was created. There's a limitation in what is, right? And this shame will try and keep you away from accepting limitation, right? The second thing is fear. I've talked about the fears already when I went through the 10 things. Um, the third thing is it feels like loss and we're very loss averse. I talked about that when I was talking about letting go of the dreams I thought I had because I realized that my body would not be able to support those dreams, but now maybe can I have new dreams, right? So it feels like a loss and our brains are very loss averse. So helping your brain to actually be able to take L's is the most amazing self-resilient practice that you can do for yourself. Number four is that it feels like a betrayal of our hopes and dreams, which I also mentioned above. So those are the four things that can really make it hard for us to lean into and accept limitations for what they are, just states of being and states of existence versus who we are and what will make life good for us. So how do you do it? Hang in there, right? Take, accept micro limitations where they come, right? Don't try to go big on this, right? Start small and build up um, and hang in there through the discomfort of the four things I mentioned just now, because those things are going to come up for you. And if you're aware that they're going to come up, you're going to be more able to keep going when they do and more able to have a conversation with yourself and reframe what it means. You know, so that's the next thing, right? Number two, you can reframe, right? What do I gain? by accepting this limitation. How does this limitation pivot me into something that is possibly more expansive for me, right? I'm going to give you an example. 
long, not long ago, I told you that I spent time working with an executive coach. And in that work that we did together, one of the things that came out of that program was that I actually wanted to create a portfolio career for myself, where I'm actually making money from different source, different activities. And it's maybe like two or three core activity archetypes that then make an income from me. And they're not really income for me. And they're not really like businesses, but they're ways in which I am working, right? That are making money for me. Now, I did not believe that this was possible for me because I didn't really see a lot of models of this around me at the time. And so I just said, okay, that's a lovely pipe dream. (laughs) Back to regular programming. Now, fast forward three or four years, I have endometriosis. Now I actually, it is more supportive of me to have different sources of income that are not a committed nine to five that give me an income. It's more leveraged, it's more diverse, it gives me more flexibility in how I earn my income. It can be more adaptive to if I find myself in a flare, I can recover from my flare and come back to work, right? Now I'm in the process of trying to create that, but all of a sudden, accepting the limitation of my illness has birthed the dream option for how I make my money and have a career that I always wanted but thought I couldn't have. How beautiful is that for a redemption story, right? And so reframing is so powerful. What I'd like to ask you is if you look back at your life, any example, any situation that you found yourself in, how did accepting a limitation open up something amazing for you? or invite you into something different that actually ended up being a gift for your life instead of the curse that you thought it would be. Please share that with me. I'm going to put in a QA and a in this podcast. So you just scroll down. If you're listening on Spotify, you'll see the Q&A button. You can send me a voice note. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, there's a link you can click that says send a voice note and you can share with me your story. I would love to hear it and it would be so awesome to actually share some of these stories so that people can see the different ways that, you know, accepting limitation can actually be a blessing for them. So please share your story because it could really bless others. And lastly, I wanted to share a resource for you. Um, I was listening to a podcast by Kate Bowler, B-O-W-L-E-R. She has a podcast called Everything, Everything Happens. And she wrote a book called Everything Happens for a Reason, which was inspired by the resilience and the lessons she learned from being diagnosed with stage four cancer, which is huge. And I love her wisdom. I love the gentleness and the courage with which she confronts what is, because it's actually made her life more abundant and her level of vulnerability is so inspiring. So Her podcast was actually partly the inspiration for me to record this podcast and take some of those learnings and share them with you so that you can apply them to your leadership journey. All right. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep leading abundantly. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's inspired you to take action that brings you closer to leading as the truest version of your abundant self. If you enjoyed this episode, please would you consider leaving a five-star rating and following the podcast? It really helps other people like you to find me and benefit from this free leadership resource. Yours in abundance. Until next time.